Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today, we're joined by Reagan Walsh. Reagan is an NYU certified executive and life coach who helps seasoned and emerging leaders thrive in work and life. Her coaching drives results because she challenges people to clarify their vision, guides them as they map a clear plan to achieve their goals, and supports them along their journey. Reagan, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so thrilled to be with you. Thank you. Before we jump into more about your business, I would love it if you would tell us a little bit about you and maybe some of the things you like to do when you're not working. Sure. Um, I live in Columbus, Ohio. I am an an urban dweller at heart. So I um, live with my husband and two little girls. Dorothy is two and a half years old and my daughter Maeve is 15 months old. And we live um, downtown Columbus, um, four blocks from my office. And um, when I'm not working, I'm usually within a one mile radius of my home on foot with my girls. We um, like to explore going to the park. We go to the farmer's market every week. I uh, do yoga, um, recently started something called Orange Theory, which is this like fun, high intensity um, workout experience. And I, I tend to just be um, active and uh, present for myself and my family. That sounds really fun. I love the idea of living and and just enjoying the urban environment, just being able to walk everywhere you go. Uh, that sounds so fun. I love it. And the chapter of my life before this one, my um, job was located an hour north out into the country, which we can talk about. Um, but I remember thinking I thrive when I am on foot and able just to zoom around all my favorite spots. And what, what am I doing driving an hour back and forth to get to my office every day. So that was a big turning point in my life. Well, speaking of business and Mm -hmm. turning points, I want to talk a little bit about the beginning of your journey. So can you tell us a little about how long you've been coaching and really what led you to get into it in the first place? Sure. So I have um, been coaching for three years, almost three years exactly um, this month. And uh, before I was coaching the chapter uh, before I started my business, I was the chief storytelling officer at a camp for children with serious illnesses. And my job was not only to create the brand and um, the PR buzz around this camp, which was called Flying Horse Farms, um, from the time before we opened our doors through the first four seasons, um, but I also grew the staff from eight people to 30. And so um, with that, I developed the, the core values of the camp. I helped develop each individual employee in terms of what their destination was and what their role was um, as part of the staff. And that is when I was able to work with an executive coach here in Columbus and got to understand what it was to be a coach and realized that all of my skill sets lined up with what it was she was doing. And um, I decided that that was my calling and my true path. And each chapter kind of led me to owning my own business and doing what I love every single day. So talk a little bit about making that leap from 
working at this camp to opening your own business? Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was. It started with a few um, conversations with my husband. We were recently married, and I remember we got married in November, and it was January first. And I said, "Will you, you know, support me if I decide to resign from this job?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" But we we walked through it, and I had mapped out my business plan. I knew that I wanted to enroll in NYU's executive and life coaching uh, program because for me, having um, a certification, something like NYU behind me felt really good. Um, that is something that was important to me and my personality is having credentials I could like stand behind. Um, and then it was talking to my boss, the CEO, and saying, you know what, I need to take this risk. And uh, she's still a good friend of mine. And she supported that journey. And um, I packed up and I moved to New York City for the summer. I got my credentials. And then I started uh, building a network of mentors and other coaches who could help me along this journey. Um, so it was truly just knowing what my strengths are, um, putting it down on paper and saying, you know what, I'm going to go for it because if I don't, I will regret this for the rest of my life. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Uh, I don't think I've actually heard anybody who says, I just packed my stuff up and (laughs) moved to New York and got a certification and dove right into it. So what happened after you got done in New York? How did you what was like your next step of building up a business? You know, I have to, as you just said that, I had this memory of being in the plane um, on my way home, finishing the program. And I just started sobbing because I couldn't believe that I had actually done it. Uh Right. Like I I had an envisioned that this was going to happen, but then it was over. And I just remember this like wave of excitement and emotion. Like, you know what? You've got this and it's not going to be perfect from the start. But, um, I I remember what I did is I made a, a list of. Um, what I knew at that time was that I wanted to help people in career transitions and life coaching. Since then, I've, I've made a few edits to my business model, but I wrote down lists of everybody, everybody I knew, companies I was interested in working with, and I just, you know, hit the pavement. I made phone calls. I set up lunch and coffee dates. I shared people uh, what my story was. And, um, you know, some of those sales cycles took me two and a half years to actually get a contract with a company. Um, so it wasn't easy from the start. It's not like I, you know, put out a shingle and was open for business and making a ton of money. It was a lot of work. Um, just, you know, being really disciplined and committed to reaching out to my network, asking for help when I needed it, asking to, you know, be introduced to the right people, the decision makers. Um, so that is the, the strategy that I followed. And, um, you know, I had people who were incredibly supportive and open doors because they um, knew my background and they knew my um that I was successful and hardworking. Um, and then I had other people um, that didn't really know uh, me very well at all who shut doors and said, you know what, you can't coach until you turn 40. And I was 37. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, are you kidding me? Like, why does that matter? And I've worked in, you know, Fortune 500 companies and I've worked for startups and I have all this incredible Um, background, why would you say that? So it wasn't necessarily easy. I was also pregnant with my first um, child and launched the business 
uh, the end of August, early September, and then she was born in January. So I also was really, you know, nervous about that. So mm-hmm. it was hard, um, but it truly was just getting up every morning and knowing like, what is the next best step mm-hmm. to starting this business? One thing that I'd like to dig into a little bit about what you said is it's something that I have just I don't know. I have a lot of questions around and I find it really interesting. And that's, you said that you just started calling people up. You started scheduling coffees. You started just putting yourself out there and letting people know what you were doing. Mm -hmm. When you do something like that, is your goal to just inform people? Is the goal to actually ask them if they want coaching? You know, Mm -hmm. what, what, how does that sort of, how did that work for you? So for me there, it's always calculated. So I, I know that either, you know, if I am meeting with nationwide insurance, for example, which is a a big corporation here in Columbus, I know that they partner with executive coaches. So I, um, consider like those meetings as a way for them to get to know me, but for me to also understand their process, how do they go about, um, hiring and partnering with executive coaches? What is their RFP system? So if I can gain clarity on what it is that is important to them and understand quickly whether or not I'm a good fit so I don't waste three years or five years trying to court them and be you know, on their list when I'm not a good fit to begin with. Um, so I, I think of it kind of as dating. Am I a good fit for you? Or are you a good fit for me? And so I would set up every meeting knowing that I needed to get clarity on whatever it was that they um, would need from me and make sure that I was clear to them on what my offering uh, is and was. Right. Now, for somebody new who's just starting out, that might sound a little confusing. So do you you just call up a corporation and say, hey, I'm a coach. I'd love to meet with you. What is that what someone who's brand new should do? (laughs) I would say probably not. I I am somebody who... um, my one of my strengths is networking. So I would start with who do you know that works within that organization? Go for um, the easiest companies or individuals in your network. So mm-hmm. where do you know people? Um, explain to them what they're trying to do, assuming that you're respected by them. Um, ask them, are you willing to introduce me to the head of HR or the head of talent development? Um, whoever the decision maker is within that department, ask your friend mm-hmm. to make that e-introduction. Send them um, an email with any like bios, information that would be relevant. A lot of organizations want to know exactly what your coaching process is, what your philosophy is. Mm -hmm. So anything that you could package up and send to them ahead of time, maybe they'll look at it, maybe they don't, but at least you're earning credibility in terms of you um, know what you're doing. You have a system and you have, you know, proven results. Um, And speaking of proven results, find somebody, even if you don't have paying clients yet, find a handful of people that you can coach in kind um, to get some experience and have some real client um, case studies to share. I think that's really important. So when you say case studies, do you mean like testimonials or do you mean more from your perspective, how you help that person? I think more from your perspective. Testimonials are important, um, but you're never going to have a bad testimonial, right? Right. You're never (laughs) going to put that out there. Um, But a case study of here was the situation. This was 
the process that I led the client through and here was the end result. I think that's really important, especially if you are trying to partner with businesses. Um, if you're able to show really clear um, and measurable results on how that person transformed whatever behavior they were having trouble with because of your coaching, that can be really powerful for you. You know, you talked a lot about building up relationships, digging into your network, setting up meetings, and you said that some of these didn't really start to produce for, you know, a year or two years later. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When would you say that you finally felt like you were getting momentum in your business? What was that tipping point where you thought to yourself, yes, this coaching stuff is going to work? Do you know what is so interesting? And I, you know, I will be, I'm always so honest. I pride myself on being honest. So for me, the tipping point was truly um, probably 10, 11 months ago when I decided to go from really big, you know, coaching packages that were from six to 12 months to individual sessions because my clients, my audience, they would say yes really easily to, um, contracting me for one hour at a time, which would then lead to 10 total sessions. But they were nervous to commit to six or 12 months, which could be, you know, 10 total sessions, right? So making it um, more digestible for my clients to say, you know what, I want to hire you on an hour by hour basis. That was the tipping point for me. And that's when I became um, a heck of a lot busier than I had been before when I just had a standard coaching package. So how did, what led you to make that shift? Was it something that people started saying to you or just push back when you offered a 12 month package? It was, um, I, what started me thinking about it was people asking to hire me just for one, a one-off session. Uh -huh. And so I definitely had that demand um, that was in the back of my mind. And um, one a piece of advice I wanted to give uh, here today is that I think every coach needs a coach. So I worked with my business coach and um, to kind of walked her through my formula and what I had been doing. And she's the one that encouraged me to take that leap and said, you know, do this hourly thing, give it a try for a year, see what happens. And I'm so glad that I did. So how did you go about finding your business coach? So I wanted to, um, let me back up. There is a coach, Marshall Goldsmith. I'm sure many of the people listening today are familiar with him. He is the number one executive coach in the world. And last year, 2016, he um, had a contest called 15 Coaches, where he was going to give away everything that he knew um, in the coaching world to 15 you know, people. And I tried out to be one of his 15 coaches, and I did not get that. Um, it has since morphed into what he's calling 100 coaches. And there are all these people that are really high level, um, successful people that he is um, passing on his information to. So I looked through the first 25 coaches that he uh, selected. And I went through all of their bios. I looked at all of their websites and I said, which of these 25 people, because I cannot afford to hire Marshall Goldsmith, who's number one, who can I afford to hire and who is a, um, a good connection for me? So I hired Whitney Johnson, who was one of his first 25 coaches to get this honor. Um, because I knew uh, she would be able to help me elevate my game and get to where I wanted to go. 
So is having your own business coach, is that something that you've had all along or is it something that you sort of made the shift to, I mean, was there a reason behind it? Well, the reason for me um, is because I thrive when I am surrounded by people who can like help lift me up a little bit more or share ideas. And so I've always been really good about having um, a network of mentors and um, other, you know, coaches to swap ideas with. But I wanted somebody who was purely focused on my growth. I wanted to hire somebody versus like an informal coffee meeting. So it was really about my growth and my development and knowing that she was focused on me. Um, so that's why I just love self-development. And I think, um, especially being self-employed, everybody should have um, a coach or a sounding board um, just to hold you accountable to your goals. Well, speaking of goals, a lot of times, like you said, you know, our success, we sort of measure that by the goals that we're able to reach. Yes. So what would you say has been your favorite achievement so far in your coaching business? Um, for me, it happened just recently. I uh, was featured in Forbes in a digital article, Denise Rastari, um, has a podcast and a platform on Forbes.com that's called Mentoring Moments. And I was able to contribute a story and be featured on Forbes, which was something that I had outlined back um, in January as one of my goals for the year was to get published. So um, that was a a really big win for me. I also was recently um, published in Harvard Business Review. I've had two articles uh, with a third um, that I recently pitched. Um, so for me, the, it's been an exciting year in terms of getting my content out there. Um, that's been a really big win and really fun. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about getting published. What is sort of the the mindset around that? I know some people just really like to do things like that. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. a different creative avenue. And some people are a lot more strategic and they're like, no, I really want to be able to put this logo on my website, you know, and both Both Mm -hmm. of those ideas are great in building up a business. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I think that I'm a hybrid. I love to tell stories and generate content, but I also want to be intentional with it and get published in the right places. So one example, I was recently asked to contribute to a book um, that's coming out later this year. And I did research around the author and um, decided it wasn't the right fit for me because it didn't position me in the way I wanted to be positioned. So I don't say yes to everything. I'm strategic knowing that Harvard Business Review is really credible, as is Forbes. And if I can align my company with brands like HBR and Forbes, that elevates my business and um, gets me in front of a different customer base than contributing to a book that um, no one, you know, will really know about, Mm -hmm. if if that makes sense. So for me, going about it um, was connecting with my business coach, who had already uh, been, she's published two books, her third is in the queue, she has relationships with editors, it's building those relationships with editors, pitching ideas that I'm passionate about and trying to add value to their audience base. So for people that, you know, maybe are just getting started or they, they've been doing this a while, just really being focused on aligning your goals, the things that you want to create mm-hmm. that are going to build up your brand, they need to be in alignment 
with what you're doing, with the type of coaching that you're doing. So because, yeah, because you're an executive coach and you're going into corporations, you want to align yourself with some of the publications that they're going to be familiar with and they're going to respect. Exactly. And I would say, um, whatever your true path is, follow that and whatever, um, resources that you gravitate toward, you know, start, um, writing down your ideas, start pitching ideas, figuring out who the correct editors are in those publications and just pitch them about the work that you're doing because people like to have additional content. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all, all these publications partner with people. And if you have value to add, uh, chances are that you'll say yes. You just need to ask. Well, it sounds like this year has been a really big year for you as far as achievements go. Let's talk a little bit about the future. What are you excited about creating next? Uh, for me, one aspect of my business is uh, workshop facilitation keynote speaking. And so my goal uh, for the future is to expand uh, my reach beyond uh, Ohio. So I'm looking to make connections with people across the country to deliver keynote addresses or facilitate workshops on topics like setting boundaries, um, creating balance uh, outside of the state of Ohio. So that's what I'm really excited about. So on your, I noticed on your website that you have several workshops, I guess it is, or, or is it keynote um, topics, yes. several topics that you work with for a, a coach that's getting started or that would like to get started in doing some speaking. Do you suggest that they have more than one topic to offer? I don't think you need to have more than one topic. I think if you have one message that you can nail and um, that you can feel really good about, you can just start with one. I I started with the truth about work-life balance, and then I've evolved um, since then. But um, I, I don't think you need to have more than one. And another tip of um, a piece of advice I would give is find and somebody to partner with within your community where maybe you do um, a few talks in kind. That's how I got started is I partnered with a nonprofit who um, goes into corporate America, delivers different um, like keynote or workshops. And I was one of their um, speakers that would do this in kind, which would get me in the door to corporations and help me build connections faster. Um, so th- there are smart strategic um, avenues where you can do something, not necessarily get compensated up front, but you might get in the door and make five meaningful connections because you did that. So when you go in and you are working you're collaborating with another group or mm-hmm. a, you're part of a group, does that limit you a little bit in being able to offer coaching or be able to to make an offer during your talk? So um, that is a killer question. So I do not um, necessarily promote my coaching work um, directly during that uh, workshop, but I will encourage people to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, and then I will, you know, follow up with people in an email if I know who the decision maker is in the room and, you know, follow up and say, Hey, I hope you enjoyed the presentation. Would love to talk to you about how your company partners with coaches, you know, and set up a meeting from there. Um, so I'm always respectful for like why I'm there, which is to deliver this special keynote or facilitate a workshop, but I definitely follow up. I would love to shift the conversation a little bit to what's working now in business. So 
one thing that coaches love to talk about is ways to generate revenue. Now, some people love their one-on-one clients. If they have 20 clients a week, they're completely happy. Mm -hmm. And some people love to do a lot of different things. You know, we've talked a little bit about some of the things that you do. So can you tell us how do you generate revenue in your business? So um, I would say I'm 70% um, generating revenue from my one-on-one clients, 30% from either workshops or keynotes. So for me, I always set a goal of one to two workshops or keynote speaking um, engagements a month. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, whatever my set number is for uh, clients a week. So that those are the the ways that I generate revenue. Um, and I think being really intentional with how many you want helps you to kind of gauge your progress, right? And am I meeting my expectations? Am I exceeding them? What do I need to shift in order to, to hit my goals? That's really important. Well, when you talk about the future and wanting to to do more work outside of Ohio, are you is one of your goals to sort of shift that balance so you're doing more revenue on you know speaking to many and and a little less on the one to one yes yeah, so if i could move it, that needle even to be 50-50 um that would feel really good to me i earn more uh per hour when i'm delivering a keynote address or facilitating a workshop than I do the one-on-one. So selfishly, right, I want to earn money and that will help me earn more um, faster. But I I also really love the one, one-on-one individual um, connection with clients. So I, I do want to keep that at least at 50%. What would you say is your favorite strategy for introducing brand new clients to your business? Wow. Um, my favorite strategy for introducing new clients, I think that I would have to say um, through my writing. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a couple of my favorite clients have come to me because of the Forbes article or because of um, the HBR articles that I've written. Um, and those have been both speaking engagements and one-on-one clients. So I think that's the, the easiest introduction is through my work. Um, that they find me, they connect with my writing and um, feel like we'll have a connection. And so that's been, I think, my favorite uh, way to connect with new clients. Um, Another strategy that I think is a little bit unique and worth sharing with you is finding other coaches who have a different niche who can act as a referral source. So um, there's an executive coach the one that I actually worked with and who was a mentor of mine here in Columbus, she only partners with companies and she only works with female executives. I will partner with individuals and I partner with men and women. It doesn't matter if my clients are male or female. So we have a referral system. If she gets a client, um, in her door that isn't the right fit for her, she'll send them to me and then I offer her a referral fee. Mm -hmm. And I also have that set up with some other coaches. So that is a great way to um, generate revenue, to market yourself in like internally with other coaches and that you have each other's back so that if somebody comes to my door and isn't a great fit for me, I can say, you know what, this person could be an incredible fit for you. Why don't you give them a call and everybody wins? So when you talk about connecting with other coaches and then coming up with a way to 
to refer to each other. Is there sort of an industry standard as far as referral fee goes? Or is it something that you just work out with the other person? It's something that I work out with the other person. Um, and mine, um, with my mentor, um, it's shifted because my business model has shifted. So I think that it's something that's evolving, right? Um, and as long as you, I, the, I've only partnered with people I really trust and um, have a good connection with, and I really admire their their work. So as long as you're partnering with people that you trust and have connection with, I think that you can figure it out and, you know, understand what makes sense for both of you. Now, going backwards a little bit to the first thing that you mentioned, which was your the contributions to Forbes and to um, the Harvard Business Review, is mm-hmm. it? Yes. Yeah. Is that something that you are doing that you're continuing to do? Is that just, yes. was that sort of a one time thing or is this something that's going to become a part of your brand? So I, my um, intention is that it will be part of my brand. So I um, am constantly coming up with ideas. I have, you know, a new idea um, in front of HBR right now that I have pitched. Um, my goal for Forbes is to become one of their um, contributors for women at Forbes um, in order to do that, I need to get a few more things published. Um, so that is something that I'm hopeful will happen in 2018. Um, but I, I am being very deliberate about it because that, um, avenue connecting with readers really does help me with my business. And do you find that when you when you're able to publish something there, how does that connection happen? Do, do people just read the bio? Yeah, and they email me. So, um, that, yeah, it keeps happening. Um, not all of them turn into clients, but, um, you know, people will say, I had this incredible connection to your story. This is what happened to me. Um, I really appreciate that you shared that. And so then, you know, I always write back. I love building connections. And sometimes I ask permission to use whatever they shared with me and, you know, for stories down the road. Um, so I just think of it as a collection of uh, data that I can use and pull from. Um, and sometimes they turn into clients and sometimes it's just like feel good that one person, even if even if it's one person, reached out to you and said, "You know what? You made an impact on my day today, and I wanted to say thanks." Like it's lonely being a coach. It's lonely being self-employed. To get that feedback feels incredibly rewarding. Right. So, what are some of the ways, as a coach, as a solopreneur, that you keep yourself from feeling like you're in that little bubble all the time? Oh my gosh, um, hiring a coach for me is one of those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anytime I feel like I need a boost of energy or outside, um, just kind of like that outside jolt, um, I set up a session with my coach, um, that's one thing I do. Another thing I do, which is kind of one of the platforms I write about is shed your shoulds. So shedding anything that you feel you say yes to because you should. So that could be saying yes to the wrong client because you're afraid you just opened your business and will anyone else ever pay you to coach them? You know, and that's this fear that you have, even though you know that client isn't the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, I encourage people to shed their shoulds. Um, and what else? Just being um, being will- willing to be vulnerable and ask for help or um, find um, other people who are entrepreneurs in your community that you can say like, listen, I'm not earning what I thought I would make or I'm having a bad week. Um, being willing to share stories and get real, I think is incredibly helpful. You know, knowing what you know now about building up a successful business, 
What would be your advice to someone who's just starting out? What What would be the first thing that someone should do if they're serious about growing a really successful business? Or even is there something that you wish you had done first that might have made a difference? Um. I've really appreciated every part of my journey. So there's not like the one thing because I've learned so much, but I, again, I'll say it again, hire a coach, somebody that you can trust, um, share your confidential, like everything too. Right. So I would say hire a coach, um, surround yourself with people who are doing things the way that you want to do them. So, um, I wanted to get published. I hired a coach who I knew could help me fulfill that dream. So finding people and you don't have to hire them. If you're asking people for help who can open doors and help you get to where you want to go. Um, those are two things that I would highly recommend. So surrounding yourself with people that are in the place that you would like to be also. Yes. I would always rather be surrounded by people who are smarter than me, uh, because that's the only way you're going to grow. You don't want to be the strongest one in the room ever, in my opinion. Right. Reagan, this has been so good. I've learned so much from you in this short amount of time that we've spent together. Oh, I've enjoyed it. And I would like to finish up now with the final five rapid fire questions. Yes. Okay. What is one habit or skill that's helped you become unstoppable? I'm going to repeat it, surrounding myself with people who are smarter than I am. Nice. (laughs) What's one quality that you feel every successful coach needs to develop? To truly listen. Um, to clear out the clutter. I, I think that's so important. Um, when somebody is sharing something with you to clear out the clutter in your brain and to become really present and focused only on them, not on what you think it is that you're going to say. So just to truly listen. Recommend one book that's had a big impact either on your business or on your life. May I share two? Of course. Okay. So personally, um, the book Present Over Perfect, which is by Shauna Nyquist, um, it's, it is so powerful for me as a mother of two young children and um, that whole shedding the shoulds foundation. It's basically, I feel like she's written about my life and she validates um, so many of the clients that I work with and why I do the work that I do is because people are stressed, overwhelmed, and afraid to kind of live the life that they want. So I think present over perfect is personally really satisfying. As a coach, I would um, encourage people to check out The Coaching Habit, which is by Michael Bungay Steiner, or Stainer, sorry, S-T-A-N-I-E-R. Mm-hmm. The, the Coaching Habit is a really quick and fun read that gives um, six or seven uh, really practical and easy coaching tools that you can use in any environment. Oh, good. Give us one online resource that you think coaches would love to use in their business and that you couldn't do business without. So go uh, visit marshallgoldsmith.com. He has all of his coaching resources on his website, um, articles, um, diagnostic tools, um, inspiration. So if you have a client, a coaching challenge that you don't know where to go with, I would start on Marshall Goldsmith's website, search the contents, and I'm pretty much guarantee that you'll find an answer to what it is that you need uh, on his website. Finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? What social platforms are you on and what's your website? So my website is reaganwalsh.com. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan Walsh and also on LinkedIn. 
Awesome. I will be sure to get all of those links and all of the recommendations onto the show notes page. This has been an amazing conversation. Reagan, I want to thank you so much. Oh, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.